Hello! And welcome back to another episode of Thoroughly Unqualified, a delightful podcast of indeterminate length uh, in which we discuss uh, relationship and other issues uh, of life, love, happiness, hatred, all that fun stuff. Uh, we are three very single uh, siblings, hence the thoroughly unqualified nature of this podcast. Uh, I am Jeff, the youngest. I am Chris, the middle. Nikki, I'm the oldest, and we did that in the correct order the other way this time. Yeah! Um, two for two. <laughs> One of these times, Chris isn't going to talk second. We're all going to be very confused. It, it will definitely be me who screws it up. Don't I, worry. Uh, I don't know. Well, you're the, you probably have the most, because you have someone before you and someone after you. Nikki and I just, just have to remember to either go first or to wait. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, it's pretty straightforward. Uh, this what happens we, if I go first? The space-time continuum collapses upon itself, and we actually start a new universe within this one, which slowly consumes us all. Good. Yeah, let's not test that theory. Yeah. <laughs> Any other questions? No. Uh, this week we decided we wanted to start with sort of a, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, an icebreaker? Dealbreaker icebreaker? Is that a segment name? Sounds good to me. Um, so, we can just call it Breaker. Breaker. Breaker, breaker, one nine, delta. This is pork chop munchkin hand on the freeway. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> pork chop munchkin hand? <laughs> I don't know how truckers talk. <laughs> uh, <laughs> not like that. Probably. Although, that would be delightful, and I would yes. love to listen to that. Yes. If there's a trucker out there named pork chop munchkin hand, please write us and tell us your story, because I want to hear it. Also, thank you for listening. Yes, that too. Um, so, who wants to take that segment? Because I don't know what it is. Alright, well, I've compiled a few lists of deal breakers, and I figured we can kind of just rapid fire quickly, say whether or not it's a deal breaker to us, and comment if we feel like it. Um, so I have four categories. I'll let you guys pick which one you want to do. Okay. Family, lifestyle, money, or physical. Oh, does that mean I'm choosing? <laughs> yes. Are we going to each Chris choose different ones? No, we'll just do one set of them. We can gotcha. do another. We can do a set in each podcast episode. Let's let's do money. All right. So money deal breakers. So I'm just going to say the thing and then just say yes if it's a deal breaker, no if it's not a deal breaker, or, or add a comment if you. So feel inclined. Got it. Um, okay. So is it a deal breaker if the person you're dating is in a ton of debt? No. No. Wait, define yeah, a ton. I'm... Yeah. Like, like loan sharks going to come shoot them in the kneecap kind of debt or like $10,000 because those are different situations. Say like normal debt, like, you know, student debt, maybe some credit card debt. Maybe I mean, they bought a house. There's no one. There's no one in the dating pool that doesn't have some form of that going on right now. Right. I would also say it's not a deal breaker, just with the caveat of they are actively working to pay it off, not just sitting on it and letting it gather interest. Fair. All right, next one. Um, is unemployed. Oh, is that a deal breaker? Uh, no, yeah. I've been unemployed a great deal, and it sucks, so don't need to pile on. Also, no, again, sort of with the caveat that they're looking for a job. Yeah, I'm going to say this one for me would be a deal breaker, but I am also almost 30, and I feel like the people I'm dating should have a job or, 
Like, I guess if they are in between jobs, that's one thing, but they would have to be, like, actively looking and interviewing. Although yeah, I feel like there's... Not, dude. <laughs> there are a lot of extenuating circumstances that could lead to it being an acceptable situation. If they've yeah. just been unemployed for three years because they live at home with their parents and, like, sitting on the couch doing nothing, then, yes, that would be a deal breaker. Cool. Next one. Um, they are very materialistic, like, showing off that they have a lot of money. Yes, that would be a deal breaker. I'm on the fence. <laughs> I'm going to say it wouldn't unless it's, like, a personality thing. I think if they make a lot of money and they have a lot of money and they like doing fancy things or going on big trips or stuff like that, buying nice clothes, buying a nice car, like, I think that's fine. But if they're, like, rubbing it in people's faces actively or something, then I would like that. That was very much my line of thinking. It really depends on if – is it – they're holding it over other people that they make a lot of money or if they just like spending money on stuff and things. And it's like, well, that's, I mean, that's fine. You have this money, do what you want with it. Right. I am of the same mind. Cool. On the other hand, what if they are super cheap? Well, there's like frugal and I really respect frugality. I like to upcycle things. I like to make things myself instead of buying them. But uh, if they're like, no, we're reusing all the paper plates, even the ones that had really greasy pizza on them you know, nine times, I'm going to be like, okay, let's have a conversation about that. So again, I think it would depend, but maybe, probably. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna err on the side of yes on this. Yeah, I also agree, but I'm also pretty good at spending money and, like, being able to do fun things, and if someone was not willing to spend money in order to have experiences, I would not be a fan. All right, last one. Um, they make either significantly more or significantly less money than you. Uh, not a deal breaker. Either way. No. Yep, no. <laughs> this one, again, I think it's my age showing, but I think this would also be a deal breaker. Again, because it's a lifestyle thing. And that if make... they Go ahead. either couldn't do some of the things I wanted because of financial limitations, or I couldn't do some of the things they wanted because of financial limitations, I think that would be problematic. To just respond to that, I feel like if in either situation the person who has more money wants to do something and they know that their significant other has less, they should be able to help in that situation. If it's something, if it's that expensive that the other person wouldn't be able to afford it, I feel like they would want to sort of contribute to that. That would sort of be my thought process. I know there are limits to that obviously but i feel like you shouldn't want to do something that is super expensive if you know that your significant other can't afford it that's sort of that's honestly i think kind of i don't know i'm cringing a little bit i'm cringing over here for those of you watching at home nikki is doing the the facial equivalent of like a cat recoiling from a you know (laughs) uh i don't know just about a cat recoiling i don't need to tell you what it's recoiling from you know what i'm talking about um i I don't know i agree in theory uh i think I'm just very set in having to have someone support me has never been appealing to me and having to support someone else has never been appealing to me. So I like the idea of like going 50% on everything. And I want to be in a situation where someone is able to do that with me in kind of all ways, including financially. So totally fair. I don't think this is the same situation of supporting each other. I think this is sort of like a one-off, like you were explaining this, is like a one-off thing. They're like, Oh, I want to go, do a thing rather than I need to support you in everything. And I think that's, that's a different scenario to me anyways. Yeah. And I also feel like it, it 
has the potential to be difficult if you're like, we need to be making, you know, plus or minus 5% of each other forever for our entire careers, because unless you're doing exactly the same thing, in which case you're directly competing against each other, which is not always a good thing, not always a bad thing, mm -hmm. but um, that kind of limits what you've got going on. I don't know. Um, I guess I'm also in a position now, thanks to my relatively new job, which we don't have to get into too much, but thanks, Dad, uh, I probably make a lot more money on average than a lot of people that I would be dating in that age range, you know, so I kind of have to figure out how I want to handle that. And I'm not actively dating or really, you know, super duper looking to at this point. Um, but that's a consideration I had to deal with. So yeah, unqualified. Well, this was supposed to be a very fast segment and we spent a long time talking about that, but that was an interesting conversation. So I'm glad it happened. Yes. Um, all right. Should we dive right into the stories? Does anyone have anything they want to share about their lives? I don't. I've been doing nothing the past week. I, so. I went and had, got safe and socially distant, et cetera, et cetera, drinks with a friend because uh, they were uh, a fan of the podcast and someone I haven't really? talked to in a long time. And they said, the podcast was so good. And it turned into a conversation. We went and got drinks. It was, it was lovely. So shout out to Leah. Gosh, that's so lovely. Just a friend. Yeah. <laughs> knowing that she's going to be listening to this <laughs> just friendly drinks all right i'll stop embarrassing you um all right i went first last week who wants to go first this week chris does all right chris okay. take us away so we're gonna go in a slightly different direction um uh this is not a romantic relationship thing we're talking about but a friend relationship i thought it was relevant to the current world situation is so short and sweet but um, my best friend hasn't postponed her wedding and I don't feel comfortable going. So this is a, the best friend is a 24 year old female and I, or this person we're talking about is a 25 year old female. Um, she says, Hey guys, I am my best friend's maid of honor. Her wedding is in October. COVID is getting much worse. And my boyfriend's mother has cancer. I really don't feel like I should go, but I'm also fairly certain that our relationship will uh, be strained. What do I do? So I think this is a situation that many people have been facing this year, maybe not on a wedding level, but, you know, with various events and different levels of comfort. I think ultimately, and this is kind of how I've been treating it, you have to do what's comfortable to you, right? And if this person is truly a friend that's close to you and means a lot to you and vice versa, then they will understand um, I think it's kind of crazy that they're still having their wedding, but like, I understand weddings are expensive if you can't de get deposits back and whatnot. Like, it's a tough situation. Um, but I think just one, start by having like a very candid conversation with this friend um, and just be like, hey, this is, you know, all the situations that are surrounding this in my life. My boyfriend's mother is compromised and, you know, all these things. And like I said, if they're a good friend, they should understand. I, that was I'm, thought process too. No. The biggest thing for me is like I can understand the struggles. Like one, if you if you like need to have your wedding for X Y Z reasons and you can't push it off, I was in, invited to two weddings that were supposed to happen this summer and they both got moved and they both are not happy about it and they know there's basically have to plan a wedding twice and that's no fun. Um, I also think that the fact that she's the maid of honor puts sort of like an extra special strain on this because there's as the maid of honor you have other responsibilities that just a normal person who's going does. But again, I, I agree with you. It's you. This is something that can risk people's lives. And if you're not comfortable in that situation, I don't see like how you, you would put people's 
lives at risk for something that for really anything like that. And I, I like you said, I, if she's a good friend, then you should be able to work through this. I'm going to go just a little farther on this. Go home, America. Just go home and stay there. Don't get married. Don't go and see other people get married. Go home. Now, in reality, uh, while I stand by what I just said, uh, weddings are very expensive and they also tend to make everybody involved go slightly insane, uh, in my experience. And, you know, it could be that if you saved up for a long time and you had to spend an absurd amount of money on whatever venue, you know, planning, catering, whatever, um, that's going to make it a lot less appealing to be like, well, guess we just lost x thousand number of dollars because that's terrible and a lot of people will never be able to afford to do that again um but also go home america it's honestly at this point i think it's your duty as a maid of honor and someone that is feeling i should say completely valid in your discomfort because um, i think that can also be a thing when you're surrounded by people saying ah it's not that bad or you know, it's a wedding it's important um no your your reasoning is completely valid especially Especially considering your boyfriend's mother, but also just if you're not comfortable doing it, then that's end of sentence. Even if there weren't a pandemic on and you're like, I don't want to go to this wedding because I don't, that's fair. Um, you know, that be prepared to face the backlash either way, but it's, you know, it's, you got to stick to what you want to do. Having been a maid of honor in a friend's wedding, um, when I was kind of in that same age range... If this was happening, I, with that particular friend, would have felt completely comfortable being like, uh, I'm not coming to this. And I'm pretty sure she would have completely understood that. So I think, like, if you are her maid of honor, you probably have a very close relationship and it should be okay and she should understand. And you can still be involved if they want to set up, like, a live stream or something you can still like help with preparations from afar and there's a lot of things you can still do to be helpful um that don't require you actually like being there in person just just knowing that she has someone to call if something goes wrong or you know someone who can call and yell at people or yeah. something like that like i think there are ways you can still be helpful and not have to be there in person yeah or it, and if they insist on still having the wedding in person which again i think is a bad idea and as maid of honor you should probably tell them is a bad idea offer to see if there's ways you can do you know zoom weddings or you know they can still have their venue and everything but maybe people that can't or won't or whatever come can you know be on screens and pews or whatever um and make it work i've seen a couple iterations of that you know and, and the thing to consider too is in most of the u.s if there's 100 people at that wedding odds are one of them is going to be COVID positive um you know unless you're yeah. in northern vermont or like montana which you're probably not because you have internet access um so there's uh, there's that to consider. So, you know, either way, I think the wedding's a bad idea and you should stick to what you want to do. I'm pretty sure they still have internet in Vermont and Montana. But yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I agree. And I very much agree with what Nikki said is even though you're not there in person, there's things you can do to help. Or like Jeff said, help figure out like a way to make it virtual. I think the way you break the news is really important. Like, don't just be like, I'm not coming. I'm not doing anything. Like, if you phrase it as, I still want to be there for you and I still want to do everything I can, but I have all of these concerns and I'm genuinely worried and do not feel safe and would not feel comfortable being there. And I hope that as my friend, you understand that. Instead of just like, I'm not coming, you're dumb, then I think you have a much better chance of it going smoothly. Agreed. Don't take my tone. Uh, <laughs> take my advice, but don't take my tone. My tone is to everyone. 
go home, go to bed. <laughs> Just stop it. Go to bed. Yes. That would get rid of COVID if everyone's asleep at all times. Yes, if everyone I mean, stayed in bed all the time, we would not be in this mess. Um, but I, that's all I think we have to, I, to say about that. I guess that's everyone. technically the truth. Yeah. <laughs> Except for everyone would be going insane, but that's another we're, topic for another well time. That. I was going to say, we're doing yeah. that anyways. Yeah, we're, we're well past that. Um, I oh. have I have a, a really great story that I would like to share. It's, it's short and sweet. Okay. Uh, and I love it so much. Uh, so I found this on Reddit. I, the narrator of the story, is a 23-year-old woman. Uh, fed sugar water to some bees, and now they're swarming my garden and harassing my boyfriend, who's a 24-year-old man. Advice? Here's the entire thing. It's like two sentences. I saw an exhausted bee and slowly brought it up to its full health. However, a day after, more and more bees started showing up near the lavender flowers where I fed the bee. I gave them some more sugar water someplace else, but now there's a massive swarm by my garden. They're also harassing my boyfriend and are following us. Not yet aggressive, though. What should I do? Okay, so this isn't so much a relationship issue as... No, no it isn't, but I had uh... to. <laughs> I had to show <laughs> oh, this dear. to the world. Um, I feel like the answer here is pretty obvious like call someone who knows how to deal with bees and have them deal with it <laughs> that's exactly what i was going to suggest like, <laughs> i don't know how much these people know about beekeeping but there are people who know a lot about those kinds of things and that's who you should be talking to not the internet i think she should get a restraining order on the bees i mean she can but i highly doubt they'll follow it bees are not held to the same legal standards that we are well they should be there's a whole movie about that. They should be get it. Uh, uh, uh. I'm, I'm referencing B movie for those of you playing at home. We you know. I was going to say, can we mute Nikki? <laughs> like, can we have like a, a mute button when people say stupid things like that? The whole thing would be muted. That's true. This entire past question, which I brought up <laughs> no, right. purely because it was hilarious and not because I thought we had any actual insight to offer. <laughs> Uh, well, let's talk about what kind of relationship issues could arise from this situation and then give advice about them. What if what if the the woman was actually doing this on purpose because she was trying to poison her boyfriend via repeated bee stings and or anaphylactic shock? Yeah, what if he's allergic to bee stings? Then you probably shouldn't be keeping bees. I don't think she's keeping bees. She's just occasionally feeding them because she sees a wounded bee, which honestly like good on you cuz bees are dying. But what an odd thing mm -hmm. to do. <laughs> it's like seeing a stray cat and leaving food out for it, except for on a much tinier yeah. but ultimately larger scale. <laughs> yeah. Like I have no I have no objection to you doing that, but I'm like, hmm, how strange. But then stop giving stop giving them the the sugar water. Stop it. <laughs> They're gonna keep coming back. I don't know enough about beekeeping to say whether or not that's a thing bees do. We're thoroughly so, unqualified. That's exactly. I'm like, well, you did a good thing, and I've seen people do that for bees, and it's like, oh, that seems like good. I don't know if that's a thing with, that they learned. Apparently they learned. I just, I don't know. I don't know. I am, like you said, thoroughly unqualified. Cool, but don't feed them. Please call someone who knows how to safely remove them from your property. Okay. So, this one is, before warned, crazy. <laughs> Here we go. It's also quite long. I'm going to try to shorten it a little bit. This is originally from Reddit. The woman who wrote this is 34. Her husband is 35. Uh, and she has a question about her relationship with her in-laws and her husband not being supportive about it. 
So she says, I've been happily married for 10 years now. I'm very much in love and he's my best friend and we normally never argue. I'm not even sure if this was an argument, but it left me feeling lonely, unsupported, and isolated from his side of the family. The relationship with his parents has always been strained. They own a number of mouse figurines. They are made from different materials, and one is a giant paper mache one called Timothy. <laughs> each <laughs> each... <laughs> I knew that would get you. Each of them has a whole character profile with backstories, personal preferences, family relations, etc. And all of them are seen as part of the family. Timothy is even seen as my in-law's grandchild. What unsettles me most is that they constantly talk to each other as the mice. They'll use high-pitched tone and they'll talk in a manner in a manner that little children would use. For instance, my husband's father will squeakly, squeakingly say, my tummy hurts, I am hungry, while wiggling a mouse plushie in my face. I'm then expected to answer the mouse and get the mouse, not my father-in-law, something to eat. They do this constantly, in fact, most of the time. The mice are talking, not the people. Until now, I've never said anything judgy, and I usually avoid talking about the mice and instead address the person I'm talking to. I've never talked as a mouse. His parents have noticed this and often tried forcing me into it. They are visibly upset when I won't participate and have gifted me mice figurines for our own house on several occasions. I keep them in the closet and only take them out when family is visiting. I feel invaded by them. Today, it escalated when we announced that I am pregnant and my father-in-law replied that it would be wonderful to soon have two grandchildren. By the first, he met Timothy. <laughs> For the first time, I got angry and said that he didn't have a grandchild yet and that my child wasn't comparable to a paper mache mouse. They got very angry and I got screamed at by Timothy for disrespecting him. He called me stupid. <laughs> oh, so wild. Instead of supporting me, my husband stayed silent the whole time and later told me that many people talk with stuffed animals and he can't understand how I am so tolerant in everything but this one situation. I was crying at this point, but he didn't comfort me, which is very unlike him, and I think that he is truly upset as well. I've been very sad as I'm a family-oriented person and I've always regretted that I don't feel included in his side of the family. His parents have always acted cold towards me, although I've made a genuine effort to take interest in their lives and to build a bond with them. After my outburst, it's obviously even worse. Um, I'm looking for advice on how to deal with this situation. Should I press the issue or accept the situation and try to avoid them? How should I deal with this once our child is born? Okay. <laughs> what? Yeah, I had to mute myself because I was making just confused noises for most of that. I had to stop looking at the video screen because Jeff's reactions were absurd. He was like flailing. What? Yeah, I know. But it's also like within this, there's a genuine issue here, right? Of if you don't get along several with genuine issues. In <laughs> well, yeah, there's a lot of issues, but. I think the underlying issue is like how do you uh how do you handle it if you don't get along with your in-laws or your significant other's family, right? Right. Okay. This well, situation is crazy though. 
Okay, let's, let's, and this is a sentence I hope to never say again, let's temporarily forget about the papier-mâché mouse named Timothy. Um, and let's just say, there is an issue with my in-laws. My husband sides with them over me. Well, there's your problem. Your husband's a tool. Hmm. Um, you know, it, essentially, when, when you get married, your covenant now is to your spouse and not to your, uh, uh, family of birth or family of origin uh you know you you form your new nuclear family uh and that's who your primary responsibility is to now that's the whole point of that whole thing that's why we have weddings that people don't want to go to because everyone's dying of disease i feel like this issue has been so prolonged and whatever that the the narrator of the story's gotten sort of uh inured to it and it doesn't strike her as absolute goddamn lunacy like it is uh and so it seems like it does well yes but also she's way more tolerant of it than i would be ever (laughs) in my life um and i think you know the the comparison to the grandson was a reasonable breaking point uh if you're gonna have one Uh, but either way the husband should be sticking with her even if that means forsaking his own weird family traditions or whatever the hell you want to call them uh even if that means upsetting his parents because that's that's the person you're married to you're not married to your parents you know you've you have fulfilled your social contract with them essentially um you know and you, now your 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 covenant your social contract is with your spouse so that's who you back up and i understand like to a point we all grow up with like weird traditions or at least most of us do right there's some things that just seem normal to some people because they've always done it and trying to think of something that weird that our family does. Um, Apparently the Christmas thing we talked about is actually pretty normal. I, I heard a lot of, there was like a spirited <laughs> debate among several, several of my friends who were saying like, that's not weird, that's everyone. And everyone's like, how dare you? Uh, anyway. But I know there's there's been times in my life where I've mentioned something and friends have gone, what, what do you mean you do that? I'm like, wait, that's not normal? Um, so I think like, if you're raised a certain way, it things become start to become normal, right? So he, as a 35-year-old man, I hope he realizes at this point in his life that this is not normal and this is, frankly, absurd behavior and maybe a very strange coping mechanism for other issues happening within the family. However, I can understand him, like, wanting to support both parties. But I agree. I think at this point, especially since she's pregnant and, like, bringing his child into the world... He's got to be on. He's got to be on team wife right now, um, especially with something this crazy. Like, he's got to talk to his parents. She's got to tell him, "You have to stand up to your parents. You have to like let them know our child is significantly more important than a paper sh- paper mache mouse, regardless of how important that paper mache mouse is to the family." One thing I do want to mention: you said that he's a thirty-five-year-old man and he should know better. Well, his parents are older than him, and they don't seem to know better. So there's always that. I do very much agree, especially with the fact that his wife is pregnant. This is an issue for her. You should be siding with her on this. It's like, I know it's a weird family tradition that you, I don't, it doesn't really say how much he's super into this. It mostly focuses on the parents, but he's, yeah, he's got to know that at some point there's like a limit to it. And if his wife is not on board with it, like Jeff said, it's, your nuclear family is the more important part at this point. And also, yeah, if if you want to be weird, 
be weird. Sure, go go about have a have a paper mache mouse named Timothy that you have weird familial connections to. Go for it. I don't care. Um, but the second you start to force your weird on other people is when you become a jerk. Um, and they had clearly have been doing that for quite some time. Uh, and her husband should have stopped it a long time ago. And, you know, it can be one of these things like, this is something our family does, you don't have to love it, but it's just what they do. But they'll just, they're just gonna do it, and if they try to involve you in it, just say, I'm not comfortable with that, and that'll be that. And that's what it should have been five years ago, or whenever. Probably earlier. I'm assuming this is not a new development. Um, you know, and so, yeah, the, the, God, I hate everyone. I hate Timothy so much. I hate them all. God damn it, Timothy, you're ruining this family. You're tearing them apart at the seams, Timothy. Kind of is. Ironically, is he really... can be torn Oh, you know what she should really do? How do you, like, destroy paper mache things? You get them wet, right? <laughs> throw Timothy in a pond. I feel like paper mache, you've got a lot of options to destroy. Yeah, they're not to destroy. I Set imagine it's fire. Yeah. Probably bad. yeah. Fire, you can literally just crush them with your bare hands. They're not very strong. You can feed him to a dog. Yeah, but in all seriousness, like, I think the conversation she really needs to have is with her husband and be like, yo, this is not cool. You need to get on my side about this or we are not okay. Or we are naming our son Timothy and he is usurping oh, the paper mache throne. <laughs> oh dear. Oh, he is your dear. real grandchild, Timothy. Oh my god, that would be absurd. Honestly, that yeah, would be a situation so normal as that it is, be, Mickey. That would be a power move, actually, to name the kid Timothy. That was, was my new recommendation. I was gonna say, if it gets to the point where the relationship can't really be saved that much, I, th I think you should do that. Name it Timothy. Just to they might even mess with the grandparents because I think they'd have it. What if they saw it as like a, 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 a kindness though? Because they might be like, oh, they're honoring our paper mache mouse by naming an actual breathing person after our paper mache mouse. Yeah, I guess they're weird enough that they could see it like that. But either way, that that is my new recommendation. Forget everything else. Forget about talking to your husband. Name the kid Timothy. I don't care what sex the, the child is. <laughs> I didn't they, even think about that. They are <laughs> if it's oh yeah, that's the solution. Baby girl, oh my god, yeah, that's, that's great advice. We're killing it. So qualified. The name <laughs> of this podcast qualified. is so misleading. We are so expertly qualified. qualified. I'm trying to think of like a weird thing in our family that would be similar. Like, what if one of us was dating someone named Bob, and they were very uncomfortable with the fact that we called our mom Bob. Oh, that's a deal breaker. We're done. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Although, I don't know if I'd be able to date someone named Bob just because that would be so weird. Well, For those like... who are listening, I'll explain the Bob thing. Oh, God. <laughs> the fact that we call our mom Bob is very strange. So, when we were younger, probably, I don't know. I was we probably that in much middle school. Yeah, no, I was probably we were, in like, we middle were, school or high school. When we this were started. old enough to not do this. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was the point I was getting at. We would all just be bored out of our minds sitting around in the living room or something and our mom would be upstairs and we just start yelling Bob! Bob! Sorry listeners that was really very loud I will tune down that, the audio when I edit this <laughs> um, <laughs> and from far away when you're yelling Bob it sounds like mom right? Similar sounds So it's something like this <laughs> Bob! <laughs> what? We're not talking to you! <laughs> About five minutes past and so on and so forth until someone had an aneurysm. 
usually Bob. Yes. But yeah, so it kind of just stuck and now we just call her Bob and it's a totally normal thing, but it's very strange to the outside observer. She's also like the most gullible person on the face of the planet. It always fell for it, even though we did it literally every day. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, if like one of us was dating someone named Bob, probably me, unless they were like Roberta or something that went by Bob. And we just started going, Bob, 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 like we often do. And they were like, that's very annoying. You need to stop doing that. That's my name. I would probably be like, well, time for you to go. (laughs) It's like, you're right. That's a fair opinion to have the situation, but I can't do this anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Also, back to Timothy, how did she... Like, presumably she met this family before she married this guy. Like, I feel like that... She must love him, like, a shit ton. Because I would have been like, uh, I am out of this. Like, this is... These are the people who raised you. You are probably... You probably have problems. I'm sorry. (laughs) Well, they've been happily married for ten years, so they figured something out, at least. Yeah. I mean, it could be that they didn't really let the crazy out, at least until after the marriage or, or you know later or at least not to the full extent it might have been they would be like hi i'm a mouse once a year or something when she was around and she was like that's weird but move on jeff they consider timothy their grandchild I, i'm sure i'm not defending around. them i'm not defending them at all they are who, the who worst are, it doesn't seem like parents, who are timothy's parents to them i, I have so many questions I kind of want to meet them. Like, honestly, we'd probably get along. I would have a blast, like, <laughs> talking through mouse figurines. Uh, Hello! Oh, wow. <laughs> man. Dad, can you imagine being spoken to by a 65-year-old man like this all the time? I would die! Hungry, <laughs> I'd love some cheese! <laughs> Okay, well, okay, I, I officially hate what we've done here. <laughs> I was like, I'm oh, getting involved in this. I'm going to be like that lady and be like, nope, that's enough. Timothy Please, is I'm not your up. grandson. <laughs> He's my son. It is my daughter, it's Timothy. Oh, man. Oh, man. Well, I hope you've uh, enjoyed another, I don't know how long this has been, 40 minutes of us talking about nonsense. Um,. If you or anyone you know have a relationship or friendship or just general life issue that you'd love to get um, our commentary on, you can shoot us an email to thoroughlyunqualified at gmail.com or send us a DM on Instagram at thoroughlyunqualified. Uh, Also, if you find like an absurd story like this on the internet and want us to talk about it, feel free to send that along as well. It doesn't necessarily have to be your story. Uh, we appreciate it. Saves us work going and hunting these down in the dregs of the internet. Um, yeah. Any other closing remarks, brothers? Go home, Timothy. Go home. <laughs> it's been a very weird, weird portion of my life. Your whole life has been a weird portion, Chris. Sorry to tell you. I'm not arguing that. I'm saying this, <laughs> this in particular. And on that note, it is time to conclude. Bye, everyone! Goodbye. Bye.